0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old-Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old-time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit ComicWeb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features three episodes of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a serialized program, so it begins in the middle of a storyline and ends on a cliffhanger. To set the scene, Henry Hyde is the civilized one. Edward Hyde is the brute. Henry is engaged to a woman named Margaret, but Margaret's father is against the Union, and he's figuring out that there is some connection between Henry and the Brute. The program first aired in
1: 1932.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we now present George Edwards, In Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hello, Henry, old boy. Been having a few improvements made around the place? Yes, I thought Margaret might find the rooms a little dark and overpowering as they were. They hadn't been redecorated for about ten years. You know, I like the idea of that big fireplace you had put in the entrance hall. Yes, it's rather nice, isn't it? Imagine how it will look on winter days. As soon as the door opens, you'll look into a great leaping fire. (laughs) A warm welcome, eh? Well, I imagine it'll be one of the pleasantest places in London. And with my pretty Margaret to add her smiles. All the arrangements for the wedding going well? Oh, yes, I think so. From my end, anyhow. Margaret's fussing around with bridesmaid's dresses and red carpets and all the rest of it, but I guess she'll manage it all in plenty of time. Are you busy? Uh, Not for half an hour or so. I'm due at St. Giles at four o'clock, but it doesn't take me long to get there. Something you wanted to see me about? Yes. I, um... I happened to meet Hetty yesterday. Hetty? Where? Uh, What was she doing? She was coming across Green Park. I gathered she was on her way to see you. What about? I suppose you know how things were between her and Edward Hyde. Yes. Yes, I knew. Well, it appeared that he's gone away somewhere. She hasn't seen him for months. I know. Any idea where he is? Not the slightest. I haven't seen him. Nor am I likely to. Speaking personally, I'm infernally glad to hear you say that. I have never met the gentleman, but anyone who has seems to loathe the very sight of him, including Hetty. Yes, I rather imagine Hetty has particular reasons for hating him. What are we going to do about her, Henry? About her? (laughs) We Well, I guess she's my responsibility. Not altogether. I'm involved in the matter, too, don't forget. Anyhow, for all sorts of reasons, I think you'd better let me do what's necessary. You mean on account of uh, my getting married? Yes. uh, Wouldn't be too good if you got tangled up in anything just at present. You're a good chap, Hugh. No one ever had a better friend than you. Uh, Forget it. We went into all this years ago. The day we left the university. I don't forget it. Ever? Well, don't let's talk about it then. Dash it, old man, you'll make me feel all hot and uncomfortable. I'll be coming out in a rash if you do not dry up. All right. And you'll let me deal with the matter of our little Hetty and make the best arrangements I can? No, I can't let you do that. Oh, but hang it all. You don't know the risk you're running. If all that... Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know all that. But our good friend Utterson will never know anything about this. I'll go down to Hyde's house and see her tomorrow afternoon sometime. I think you're taking an unnecessary risk. Why? Addison doesn't know of the existence of Hyde's house. You didn't tell him anything about it, did you? Not a word. You gave me the address in strictest confidence. You know that. Yes, I do. And that's why I haven't any fear of the old man knowing that I've been there. Well, don't take any risk. Oh, I won't. Besides, I know a way to make perfectly certain that no one will ever suspect who I am. Even if they meet me face to face. What? You told me to say you're going to wear a false nose or something. Oh, no. I don't mean that. There you go, getting all mysterious again. The mysteries will soon be cleared up, Huey, my friend. This visit to Hetty will be one of the last of them. And after that... After that... A new life. A new happiness. Well, take my advice and watch your step. And old blighter still has hopes of getting rid of you. You mark my words. Oh, uh, hello, Arthur, sir. Hello, uh, Winter. Well, this is very fortunate. I was I was on my way to your chambers to see if you were in. Uh going to this little tea shop for my morning tea. What about coming to? Oh, that's a good idea. The weather makes one think of warm cup of tea, a first nip of autumn in the air, isn't it? It is The trees were starting to change color when I was coming up from Kent last Monday. Oh, you still have your country house there. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd live with that. It means a great deal to be able to get away from the city every weekend. Oh, well, uh, here we are. Will you sit here? No, thank you. Uh, what will you have? Just tea? Um... She and muffin I think. Yes, I'll have the same. Uh, will you see that mine is toasted very well, please, waitress? Yes, sir. Ah, now, what is it you wanted to see me about? Well, a, a curious coincidence happened to me a while ago. Uh, do you remember the time we were walking home together and saw that man Hyde attack the little girl? Hyde? It's not necessary to ask. Neither of us is likely to forget that night. But why do you ask? Oh, uh, As an architect, I sometimes have to go into curious parts of London. A short while ago, a client of mine decided to acquire a row of houses and rebuild them as modern residences. Everything was going all right when we suddenly struck a snap. One man refused to sell. And who should this obstinate fellow be but Edward Hyde? What? He owns a house? Yes, not a bad house. Fairly good repair, but in about as bad a locality as one of his kind could wish for. Uh, where is it? You can give me the address? Oh, of course I can. That's what I've come to see you about. I want you to try and see if you can you can persuade the fellow to sell. I don't know that I can do that, but I'm very glad to know where he lives. Very glad indeed. Oh, come then. Let's eat our muffins while they're hot, now. tell you all I know about the business. you?
3: My name is Utterson. Margaret Utterson's father? Yes. Why do you ask? Come in. I want to shut the door. There's room in here. Come in and I'll
2: talk to you. Thank you. Uh, But may I ask who you are and uh, what you know about my daughter?
3: Going to marry Henry Jekyll next month, isn't she?
2: Yes, but what has that to do with you?
3: Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. I used to know him once. That's all past history now, I guess.
2: When did you know him? I'll
3: oh, forget it. Henry has, so why should I bother? What did you come here for?
2: I wanted to see Mr. Hyde.
3: Can't understand that. I should think anyone would run a mile rather than see him.
2: I've come on business.
3: Well, I can't help you. He hasn't been here for almost two weeks. I never know when he's coming. He might be here any minute or, or he mightn't be here for a month.
2: And you don't know where I can find him?
3: No idea. He don't encourage questions, does Edward Hyde.
2: Have you known him very long?
3: Too long for my liking.
2: Well, perhaps if I left a card, you'd give it to him and ask him to get in touch with me.
3: Oh, I'll do that all right. He'll be back sooner or later. Just when I'm thinking he's gone for good, he always turns up. Worst luck.
2: You don't sound as though you like this company very much.
3: What, me? Well, hardly.
2: Is he a relative of yours?
3: He's not. He he pays me to look after this place. I see. No, you don't. You don't see anything. You're a gentleman. You can't imagine anyone like Edward Hyde. I thought I knew what men were like. But I had a lot to learn from him.
2: Then why do you stay?
3: I guess that's my business, isn't it? And I guess you'd better get out of here and mind your business too. He don't like people coming here. And no more do I.
2: Very well, I'll go. But don't forget, it was yourself who asked me to come in.
3: I know, I... I, I just wanted to talk to you about Henry and your daughter. Is she... Is she very pretty? Very. Damn, I'm asking, will you? But, you see, I used to be very fond of Henry once, and I'm sort of interested, see? Where's the wedding to be? I'd like to see it. St.
2: Martin's in the Fields. On the 25th of next month. Uh, but tell me, when did you know him?
3: Oh, oh, years and years ago. Oh, he'd hardly remember me. I was just a bit of a kid.
2: But uh, you said you were fond of him.
3: So I was. Not that he ever knew it, though. <laughs> Imagine the fell into the great Henry Jekyll if he'd realised that the little waitress in the tea shop at Walgrave Corner was shook on him.
2: Walgrave Corner? Yes. It's the village near the college he went to, isn't it?
3: Yes, that's right. Uh,
2: this is of particular interest to me. I'd be glad if you'd tell me anything you can about uh, about the boys you knew in Walgrove Corner.
3: Particularly Henry Jekyll, eh?
2: Well, naturally, I'm interested in him.
3: Because he's going to marry your daughter, eh? Well, there's nothing that I know about him that ought to make any difference to that. <laughs> he never even knew I was alive. That's how much notice he took of me.
2: I see uh, tell me, did you ever know a boy named David Markham?
3: David Markham? Look here, what's the strength of all this? What are you after, anyway?
2: Why are you getting angry?
3: Because I don't like the way you're quizzing me. And anyhow, I think you'd better go. If I'd come back and caught me talking to you, <laughs> then we're the devil to pay, and, and I'm the one who'd cop it. So get do you here, go and get...
2: So I, I think you better go. Well, Not yet, uh, think.
4: Oh! I where did you come from?
2: You were so engrossed in your conversation that neither of you heard me. <laughs> A most interesting subject. Very interesting. I'm glad I was able to listen to some of the things you said. You've been listening? <laughs> I have. And now, my dear, dear Mr. Utterson, if you will kindly sit down again, I'll tell you the things you so badly want to know about your prospective (laughs) son-in-law. There's nothing that I don't know about Henry Jekyll, nor he about me, because we're twin souls, you see. Twin souls. <laughs> George Edwards in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sit down, Mr. Rutterson. Pray be seated. It isn't often we have visitors, is it, Hetty, my dear?
3: Well, you won't be wanting me to help you entertain him. I think I'll go.
2: Yes, it might be just as well. Some of the things that Mr. Utterson and I will have to talk about will be rather of a confidential nature.
3: All right. You'll find me upstairs if you want me.
2: And now, Mr. Utterson, perhaps you'll be good enough to tell me what it is that brought you down to my... my rather secluded residence? I came on behalf of my client, Mr. Randolph Winter. Ah, yes. The gentleman with the model housing scheme. I think I have given my reply in unmistakable terms to his proposals. I'll admit I was glad of an excuse to come down to your place. I wanted to see you. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. And the reason you wanted to see me was to try and ferret out what connection I had with Henry Jekyll. Wasn't that it? It was. You were wasting your time with Hetty. She knows no more about that than you do. Though the thing she could have told you about Henry... <laughs> what do you mean? You want the full unvarnished story of Henry Jekyll? Of course I do. Because you don't want him to marry your daughter, isn't that it? Never mind my reasons. Isn't that it? Answer me! Yes, That's it, if you want to know. I want the truth. You want the truth from me? I demand it from you. Very well, then. I have never wanted my daughter to marry him. And if you put me in possession of sufficient evidence to make it impossible, I shall consider myself as being in your debt. (laughs) My debt? (laughs) That's good, that is. Well... Please, go on. This this interview is painful, and I want to have done with it. First, we will finish with Hattie. As I was saying, he accidentally found her again. He was horrified to see what she'd become, and he took her away with him out of the place she worked in. He took her to the building at the back of his father's house. (laughs) He calls it his laboratory. What? He had a girl there? Oh, but only for a very brief time. Henry was entirely blameless on this occasion. Believing that the main house was deserted, he went into it to get food and clothes for his... his protege. It was about two o'clock in the morning, remember? And while he was groping his way in the dark, who should surprise him but his father? The old man had unexpectedly come up to London from his country house. Yes, yes, go on. Picture Henry's dilemma. There he was with Hetty waiting for him in the laboratory. And his father asking what he was doing wandering round the house like a thief at such an hour of the night. Henry made some sort of an excuse and went off to bed. Leaving the girl to shift for herself? Precisely. Hetty thought that he'd played another trick on her, so she ran away. An hour or so later, she was fished up out of the Thames by the water police from where she'd attempted to commit suicide. I... uh, Oh, you can't be serious. The girl that I've been talking to? The same. There's a lot more. But I won't go into details. Hetty was charged with vagrancy, sentenced to a term in prison, came out, became a professional thief, got a further prison sentence, and eventually arrived at her present situation, which is a companion to my lighter moments. And this, this trail of misery is the work of Henry Jekyll? You'd never believe it to hear the way she lied for him, would you? Strange, submissive creatures women are. Well, I... I can only repeat that I'm indebted to you for what you've told me. I often felt that there was something about Henry that none of us knew of. But I never suspected this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not all. Surely there's no more. Oh, yes, much more. You were asking Hetty about David Markham, the unfortunate young boy who fell from the window. That was Henry's doing, too. What? Yes. He didn't push him from the top of the tower, but it was he who led him to do the things that got him expelled. They had a quarrel up there, and Markham lost his balance. That's the explanation of the accident. I wonder no one ever suspected it. But he was little more than a schoolboy then. Oh, curious. Ah. But curiously old for his age. Didn't you once make that very remark to his father? How do you know these things? I told you, Henry and I are twin souls. When you first said that, I thought you were joking. Uh, Now you begin to think there may be some truth in it. And I'm not a very pleasant specimen for a man to claim affinity with, am I? At least you look what you are. And Henry, with his pale, fine face and sensitive manner, looks something of a saint. Two halves of a single whole, Mr. Utterson. You're talking riddles, but that's unimportant. Unimportant? You never made a greater mistake in all your life. It's the most important, the most vital statement you've ever heard, if you only knew it. I'm afraid I can't stay to discuss metaphysics with you now, Mr. Hyde. What you told me has been such a shock... But I'll ask you to excuse me. So that you can go and break the news to Margaret and postpone the wedding once again? Or it won't be mere postponement this time, will it? After what you have told me, she will marry that man only over my dead body. Ah, that's precisely what she's going to do. She's going to marry him over your dead body. Well, what's the matter with you? Have you suddenly gone mad? Why have you shut the door? So that I can lock it. There. Now it's done. We're shut in here alone. Just you and I. Let me out. What sort of madness is this? I told you too much knowledge of a certain kind is dangerous, didn't I? Oh, no. You needn't go casting while looks at the windows. The shutters are barred on the outside. I demand that you open that door and let me go. I've been waiting for this moment far too long. I've thought of it for years. I began to hate you, I think, when I was still a child. I hated the way you looked at me. Curiously, as though I was some sort of specimen impaled on a pin. You were wondering then, what manner of creature I was. What are you talking about? When did I ever see you before the night you struck the child down in the street? And then when I heard you give your reasons why Margaret shouldn't marry me. Marry you? In heaven's name, what are you raving about? Haven't you realized? Don't you see who I am? I know that you're a maniac. But you don't know. But I am Henry Jekyll... What? Henry Jekyll! Don't look at me like that. I know you're telling yourself that insane people are subject to delusions, but I am not insane. Then if you're not, stop this hideous fooling and let me out. I can see now I was a fool to believe anything you said. The whole thing is a pack of lies from beginning to end. And you're willing to regard it as such and do nothing to stop your daughter's wedding? I'll make inquiries, and if I find there's no truth in what you say... (laughs) You'll make no inquiries, my friend, because you're never going out of this room alive. I'm never going out of this room? No, since I've found the way to protect myself into the form of Edward Hyde... I've done many nameless things, but I've never yet committed murder. I wanted to. I wondered how it felt. And now I'm going to find out. Stop this infernal nonsense. Open the door. I decided it should be you some time ago. I never thought you'd play so neatly into my hands as you've done by coming here. Let me out. I wondered when the opportunity would present itself. Stop following me about the room. Stop it, I say. Uh, You've knocked over one of the chairs. Are you frightened? Why should a man who's lived the blameless life that you have be afraid to meet his maker? Hyde, stop this. I've done nothing to you. Haven't you? If you hadn't kept Margaret away from me, Edward Hyde would have ceased to exist long ago. She would have made all the difference. Look on your work, oh righteous man, and see what you've called forth out of the darkness of a human soul. You foul obscenity. Take my daughter's name off your lips. Your daughter is mine. Mine, I tell you. She's belonged to me ever since we were children, and it's you who have kept us apart. You won't do so anymore. I'll wipe out the existence as I'd smash any other barrier that stood between us. I'm not a young man, but I can still fight. If you won't let me out of this room of your own accord, by heaven I'll lay you out and get the key that way. Ah, that's better. That's better. Now we've got some hate on both sides. I should say there was. From the first moment I saw you, I had an overwhelming desire to strangle you. You were the foulest, vilest, most repulsive creature I'd ever set my eyes on. The world will be a better place to be rid of you. And, God willing, I shall do it. (laughs) You will. Yes. With my bare hands. Let me get them on your heavy throat.
1: Kill me, will you? Take that. (gasps) And that. And
2: that. And that.
1: that. What are you doing? What's happening there?
4: Go away. Get back upstairs. What are you doing? Let me come in. All right, my dear. Come
2: in. Come in. It might serve as a
4: good object lesson, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, done. Oh, look at him.
2: Yes, take a look. That's the work of Edward Hyde. Not a man to fall foul of. Oh,
4: oh look at his Ed. Oh, you bliss. You beast. Oh, Shut
5: up, you little fool. I oh. choked you too. Oh. That's right.
2: Fate. Well, perhaps it's just as well. Now, let me get out of this. First the stick. I must destroy the stick. I killed him with. Into the fire with it. <laughs> Into the fire with it. That's. and gentlemen. We now present George Edwards in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Into Henry Jekyll, and so goodbye to Hyde for all time. Yes, yes, that's certain. The evening's these work makes him impossible. Hyde is now a murderer. The gallows wait for him. The gallows. What was it that old woman said so long ago? Oh, what does it matter? She was wrong. She never dreamt of such an alibi as mine. In another few minutes, I'll be the quiet scholarly doctor. (laughs) Trimming the midnight lamp in his study, and Edward Hyde will have passed away like the stain of breath upon a mirror. (laughs) And here's the draft. The last I'll ever drink. Look at your reflection in the mirror. Fill your eyes with the sight of the creature of your own conjuring. He served you well. What crimes, what horrible delights he's known. And now the supreme experience of murder. (laughs) To kill, to crush, (laughs) to grind beneath one's heel. (laughs) Madness, ecstasy, the power to take away another's life. (laughs) That's to be a god. Edward Hyde, I pledge you, the only creature... Who has ever walked this earth and been pure and alloyed evil? (laughs) And now... (laughs) Oh, God... Oh, God, have pity on me. What have I done? What have I done? Don't let me remember. Don't... Don't let me remember. Let me forget... the damned horrors of this night. Her father. Margaret's father. Oh, no. No, no, it's not possible. I could never have been guilty... No matter how much I might hate him. I'll go to his place. I'll find it isn't true. What's this? Why? It's blood. There's blood on my hands,
1: on my clothes, my boots. Heaven
2: pity me. <laughs> it must be true. <laughs> Thank
4: for that.
2: Dr. Langley's killed him. I saw it with my
4: own eyes. I saw it. Hey, come inside. Calm yourself. What are you talking
2: about? The old man, Mr. Utterson. What? For pity's sake, what's this you're saying? He killed him.
4: Beat him to death when he fell. Stop think? that time
2: and tell me properly.
4: You don't know what you're I saying. I do, I do. He shut him in the room. I was upstairs and I heard it all. He killed him, I tell you. He's there, lying in the house now. Oh, Heaven. I fainted. When I come round, there was no one there but myself and. And the old man lying where he left him. But who did it? Who? Oh, hide. Hide, of course.
2: Hide? Then he came back.
4: He came back this evening while the old man was talking to me. As soon as he saw him, I think he made up his mind to kill him. I saw the look on his face. Come along. He mightn't be dead. Oh, yes, he is. I can tell you that.
2: Then he must get the police.
4: The police?
2: Oh, Lord, I forgot about you.
4: Oh, I guess it's all up with me. Well, I won't put you away if I can help it.
2: It's all up with both of us, Hetty. And Henry, too. Everything is going to come out now.
4: What will that mean to you?
2: Quite a bit of bother, I suppose. Well, never mind about that now. Compared to what's happened tonight, that seems nothing...
4: Oh, but it is. It might be the end of you and Henry, mightn't it?
2: The end of quite a few things, I'm afraid...
4: But but if I don't tell, they'll never know.
2: Petty, my dear. By the time the police have finished questioning us, there'll be nothing that they don't know.
1: But, but suppose I'm not there for them to question.
2: There's not a corner deep enough or dark enough in the whole of England for you to hide in.
1: Oh, yes, there is. I
3: know a one.
2: Then you'd better get into it right away. Because this murder will raise a hue and cry that'll ring from one end of the country to the other.
4: Even standing. All about the city murder. Mr. Hudson Bond, dead in Austin's pillow. murder, murder. Oh.
5: Margaret, Margaret, my dear. Oh, my poor darling, what can I do for you?
1: Find me the fiend who killed him.
5: He'll be found, never fear. The police have got a perfect description of him.
1: Yes, but where is he? No one has seen him since he disappeared out of the house.
5: He'll never get away. There's not a train or boat in England that isn't being watched. And the whole country's being combed for him. He can't hide himself for long. He's too hideous, too unmistakable.
1: John, John, I can't believe it's true. Why should he want to do it? Daddy hadn't even seen him. He went down to that house to try and get him to sell it to someone. What made him do it?
5: Hush, darling. Don't think of those things.
1: I can't stop thinking. Oh, if only my brain would stop.
5: You need a sedative. Haven't you had a doctor?
1: Yes. Hugh Lanyon came along a while ago. He wrote me out a prescription.
5: What about Henry? Hasn't he been... Why isn't he here with you now?
1: Henry's ill, very ill. He came along this morning, but he had to go away.
5: You? What's the matter with him?
1: I don't know, but he looked terrible. He just sat with his head in his hands and and shook from head to foot.
5: Was he so devoted to your father?
1: No, not really. But there are things about Henry that, that make him different from other people. I never realized it so much as today. He looks just
5: like death. Why should he look like death? It's your father who has been killed. Why isn't he with you? Doesn't he realize that you need him as never before?
1: Please, John. I'm
5: sorry, dear, but I just can't understand him. Forgive me if I've hurt you.
1: You haven't.
5: Then may I stay with you, or would you rather I went?
1: I'd like you to stay. I... I can't bear to be alone. I keep seeing awful pictures and... Hearing sound, on, darling.
5: Here, let me sit beside you. Forget who I am. Just feel that I'm someone who loves you and wants to help. Who'd do anything on earth to comfort you.
1: And you do. I'm so glad of you, John. I never felt so terribly alone in all my life.
5: You'll never be alone. Not as long as I'm alive to be with you, darling. And mother and father are coming up to London tonight. They want you to come back to Devonshire with them and. And stay just as long as you like.
1: Perhaps I will, John. I don't know what I'll do just yet. Everything's so confused. So terribly unreal. I can't believe that it's true that I'll never see him again. Oh, Daddy. My dearest, dearest Daddy.
4: How could I go on without you?
1: Henry,
2: I... Good Lord, Henry, what's the matter with you? I'm feeling rather under the weather. Come in. I shouldn't say you do. You look as though you want to be in bed. <sighs> this this dreadful business has shocked me terribly. Terribly. Shocked me terribly. I should rather say it has. Apart from everything else, do you realize that our share in Hedy's evasion of the police is bound to come out?
5: Yes, I've thought of that. In the past few hours, I, I've thought of everything. And I can honestly say that
2: Hell need have no fears for me after oh, this. I say, that's going a bit to extremes. Hetty swears she'll tell her nothing. She's a good little thing, you know. Despite all she says, I believe she's really fond of you. Oh, please, please don't. My whole life has been f- passing in front of my eyes
5: while I've been sitting here. And the part concerned with Hetty is one of the things I've found hardest to look at.
2: Well, we're uh, both of us in danger of getting into a pretty mess. She's the only one who can help us to keep out of it. She stays quiet. No one on earth is going to suspect that we've ever had anything to do with her. I wish as much could be said about your association with Hyde. Don't have any fears about Hyde. He'll never be seen again. That I can promise you. Henry, you're not mad enough to be hiding him. Hugh, I swear to God I have never set eyes on him again. I give you my word of honor that I've done with him. It's all at an end. Can you get rid of him so easily? I told you once before it was in my power to dismiss him at any time I liked I assure you I've done so. Look, there's there's one thing I've always wanted to ask you. Don't think I'm poking my nose into your private affairs. No, go ahead. About that will you made, leaving your money to Hyde in case of your death or disappearance. Well, what about it? It was Hyde who dictated those terms, particularly the disappearance clause, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I knew it. He meant to murder you, Henry. You've had a lucky escape, if you ask me. Though it took poor Addison's death to do it I've had more than that I've had a
5: lesson Oh, what
2: a lesson I've had Look here, you want a pretty stiff pick-me-up What drug have you got in these cupboards of yours? Better let me fix you up something Dr. Jekyll Dr. Jekyll Yes, what's the matter, fool? There's
5: two men from the police here waiting to see you, sir The police? Yes, what shall
2: I tell them, sir? Where are they? Well, what do you want? Well, we're sorry to trouble you, sir, but we were told Dr. Hugh Lanyon is here. That's right. I'm Dr. Lanyon. Well, we'd like you to come along with us, doctor, and identify the body of a young woman. A a young woman? Who is she? Name of Eddie Wilson, sir. She committed suicide about half an hour ago. (laughs)
0: Born to great riches, talented and handsome until we see the final dissolution of this unhappy being, who sought to split his soul in twain and assume a separate identity for each side of his dual nature, the one entirely good, the one completely evil. First written in 1886 by Robert Louis Stevenson, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde became a success immediately. Within one year of its publication, the story was made into a play, and later into a movie. Actually, several movies, the most famous one being a 1920 adaptation starring Lionel Barrymore. The story is well-known. A scientist, Mr. Hyde, creates a potion and separates his personalities. The good side of his nature is Dr. Jekyll, while his evil tendencies become the horrific Mr. Hyde. This is one of the earliest old-time radio programs available, first airing in 1932. As such, it does not have some of the conventions that we are used to with radio, like summarizing what happened in the previous episode. The radio program stars George Edwards and was adapted for radio by Betty Rowland and fleshes out the Stevenson story. The story is serialized and told over the course of a year in 52 parts. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.